0: Chapter 21 He was there waiting as he said he would be outside the school gate school uniform immaculate and looking fabulous she blushed heavily when he spotted her and smiled broadly she had to stop this it was ridiculous but at the same time it was so nice he spotted her blush and gave her the cheekiest green he amazed her How was he so strong, so together, after all he had been through? So, Miss Saoirse, how are you this morning? Tired? No, I'm good. You? Not too bad at all. I actually got more sleep last night than I have in the past week. I felt tired going to sleep and my mind had been preoccupied, so at least I slept. Saoirse smiled. It was good to know that he was sleeping better. She couldn't even begin to imagine what it must be like for him at the moment. Kate had been such an important part of his life. She was beginning to feel she had to look out for him, care for him, mind him. All she wanted was to spend time with him, to see him smile. And she had a growing desire to be in his arms, to be held tightly and to feel his lips brush hers her breath caught in her chest and she shook her head. Penny for them? He was smiling and at her, his eyes full of curiosity and fun. She dropped her head. Now was not the time to be thinking of him in this way, but she couldn't help herself and she most certainly couldn't tell him. She couldn't believe that all her life she had been longing to have this feeling. But now, when she had finally found someone that had ignited a spark. It was at the most awkward time in a life that had been uncomfortable at the best of times. Her face burned with embarrassment and frustration. Caught up in a tangle of her thoughts and sinking fast she forgot where she was and only Sean's touch on her fallen cheek brought her back. Back with a jolt. Electricity ran from her cheek throughout her body, exciting her and intensifying her confusion. As she looked up, she was taken aback by Sean's expression. She thought she saw that same confusion echoed in his eyes. He broke their gaze quickly and nudged her playfully in the ribs, whatever it is, snap out of it. We have a lot of work to do and I have a few questions. English is first and we have a double in the library. We might even manage to get an extra class out of Miss Kremen to catch up on the project under the circumstances. She looked at him with shock. He was taking advantage of the situation and Kate's death. She hadn't expected such a cold response, but as she looked at him, she saw his pain. He had said it, but had regretted it instantly. That's awful isn't it? Oh, Saoirse, I know it's been such a short few days, but there are times when I already find myself moving on, forgetting for just an instant. I'm heartless, aren't I? She felt the pain in every word. He was questioning himself, just like she was questioning herself. Life was throwing some serious curveballs at them at the moment. Maybe they were just overwhelmed by it all. She surprised herself when she felt her hand take his and squeeze it tightly. They were soft but strong. She liked it. Sean, I have no idea what it's like to lose someone close although I'm about to find out if we can't work out who he is and what to do about him but I can imagine everyone has moments when they forget. Surely Kate would want you to get on with things. You can't lock yourself away from the world forever and pretend nothing happened. You have to get out there and get living. I think that's the best thing to do. Show her you loved her by living. I hope you're taking personal notes, my dear Saoirse, because that is very sound advice. I may or may not be repeating that to you very soon he now squeezed her hand and pulled her towards him, drawing her into his arms and wrapping them around her. It was as if he knew what he had just said would start her crying. Sean was right. Her grandmother would be leaving her shortly and she had to accept that. She couldn't live forever and that had always been the case, or at least in Saoirse's eyes, it had been. She had to get on with it, but there was still a glimmer of hope. A chance to prolong the inevitable. Hidden somewhere in those books and she and Sean were going to have to find it. His closeness was comforting, reassuring and blissful. Being around him was heaven and hell but it was worth it. Sersha, Saoirse, Saoirse. Back with a bang. They were still standing at the school gates and people were beginning to stare at the pair of them hugging. Sean looked visibly uncomfortable, a little embarrassed and Saoirse's low self-esteem reared its ugly head. She thought he was embarrassed to be seen with her. Her stomach flipped and her head swam. The nauseous feeling returned and she could feel the darkness coming. At least he would have an excuse for hugging her. He had been holding her up because she was faint. He grabbed her by the shoulders and whispered sternly in her ear. Don't go fainting on me. I need you. I need you to act normally, as if you were just comforting me. Please, if you care about me, help me look like an all right guy, not the one that's already moved on to a new girl five minutes after his girlfriend's died. His voice was pitiful and it was mirrored in his eyes. He wasn't embarrassed to be seen with her. He was embarrassed that it looked like he had already moved on. Saoirse righted herself and caught him as strongly as she could around the shoulders. She squeezed him and then patted him on the back, the way in which men do when they try unsuccessfully to show emotion. And then she let go, turned and walked towards the side entrance, Sean sniggering slightly beside her. What? I think that was very good consoling. Oh, is that what you were going for? Saoirse, please don't ever harbour desires to be an actor. That was awful. But don't ever change, because you are hilarious as you are. They both laughed heartily and then stopped just as quickly. Moving on was tough. Timing was even tougher. They both seemed to be struggling with it. The library was bustling when they got there, but people stopped and stared when they saw Sean. Saoirse knew people were shocked to see him. She guessed no one had expected him to be back for weeks, maybe even months. He acknowledged them all with a nod or a hello, and as he moved across the room, the bustle returned with whispers and murmurs no doubt about Sean. He approached Miss Cremmen at the main desk with a small smile and a polite hello. It was clear she didn't know what to say to him. He politely asked for the double class and an extra one to work on the project and Saoirse saw her nod in agreement and almost sigh with relief as Sean turned and walked away from her. Sean walked past Sersha and towards the furthest corner of the library, turning briefly to beckon her. It will be quieter here and we can look at the books without anyone seeing them. I don't feel so bad about Miss Cremon because technically, we are working on a project. And how do you make that out? These stories are all part of your history as such, and we're trying to save your grandmother by looking into her past. It's about you and your family. Fits the brief as far as I'm concerned. He pulled his two books out of his bag and held the first to his nose, inhaled and winked at her. Saoirse pulled out one of her books and placed it on the desk in front of her. They were magnificent, unlike any of the books around them, but there were hundreds of stories in them. Would they ever get through them and decipher anything that would help in time? Saoirse began to panic. Sean, when is the next full moon? Jeez, Saoirse, we never checked that. His voice echoed her own panic. He pulled out his iPhone and Googled it. October 16th, that gives us three weeks. Saoirse, we don't have much time. We'd better get cracking. So, what do you think we are looking for? I have no idea, Sean. I've read these books a few times, but I don't remember anything about a creature or being that would have my grandmother willing to face death instead of meeting him. There are dark beings in the books for sure, but to be honest, I would have thought the banshees were the darkest and most foreboding of all of them but now i see that differently maybe reading it now knowing what i know might help me to see other things i've made a list of creatures i've read about in the first book maybe if we divide them into two lists good and evil we can narrow it down good idea are there many Lots of stories, but generally you have Banshees, Leprechauns, merrows, and Fairies. There's talk of Pishoaks too, but they were never linked to creatures as such, more omens to warn people. I did find that there was a mixed bag of stories though. Sometimes the stories showed the beings working to help humans, but there were other times when they seemed to be so menacing, out of character almost. The eyewitnesses always seem to see a negative in the beings, but looking at it in some ways, they are doing things for the good of humans around them. Pretty much like you, Sertia. Warning of coming deaths, saving people from peril. I did notice too that in some of the most troublesome stories, there are animals that seem to appear in unusual places. Black horses appearing in the village squares and farmyards, goats and rabbits in places and at times that you wouldn't expect. When these animals appear, the stories are always that little bit more sinister. There is a greater darkness. What if we link the two, what do you mean? I know I love books, Sean, and I know my grandmother said the answer lay within their covers, but modern technology could lend us a little helping hand. Let's Google the words. Sean typed the words black horse, Goat and Rabbit, into the search engine and they both stared at the screen, waiting. There it was. The first result, and from Wikipedia, the answer they had been looking for. Hookah. They looked at each other and then back at the screen. Sean clicked on the link. It couldn't be this easy, could it? But there it was, in black and white. The screen on the phone was too small for them to read the whole article so they squi- quickly stashed the books in their school bags and headed to the computer desks at the other end of the library Sasha pulled up the same webpage and they both read hungrily through the article was this really the hymn her grandmother was so afraid of the article explained how the puka was both a creature of good and evil depending on what stories you read and what area of the country you were from. It was so vague, but Circe's hair stood on the back of her neck and arms to the extent that even Sean noticed and brushed her arm ever so gently. I guess that answers that question. I don't know, Sean. He doesn't seem that scary from these reports, does he? Yeah, but he's a shapeshifter. Look here. That means he can take any guise, so maybe a lot of his dreadful days are not attributed to him. Your subconscious reaction seals it for me. We just have to work out how to tackle him now, and I'm assuming we'll have to go north to find him. Whoa! Slow down there now, Sean. We don't even know this is actually who we are looking for. Maybe the first place we should go is to my grandmother to see if we really are on the right track. He looked disappointed almost. She had robbed him of a great adventure. But he agreed and they decided to return to the books to see what else they could work out from them before they went to talk to her grandmother at lunch. It couldn't come quick enough.